Hey guys, before we get started, we partnered with EasyRx Drug Card to help save you money on your prescription medications here in the U.S. It's free, there's no club to join, just bring the prescription discount card with you the next time you're filling your prescription to see if it can save you some cash. If it does, great, if not, throw it away. There's a link on our show notes where you can download, text, or print your prescription discount card. Give it a shot. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, we're married. We are. Yeah. Last time I checked, we were. And usually at least one of us is drinking a cup of coffee here. Usually me, I'd say. Yeah. It's nighttime, though. It is. I got a cup of decaf over here. Yeah. We don't want you to be up all night. That's for sure. No, it's not good for anybody. It says Super Dad, in case you're watching on uh, YouTube. Um, because we did put out the last two episodes on YouTube, believe it or not. Very proud of you. I am just aghast. You're killing it. Yeah, I can't believe I did it. So, um, yeah, we're, we're. I think the last video is up to like 12 views, maybe what? 14. 12? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Holy cow, it we are going to make it big. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That's uh, It's just about the getting it out there, bringing people over here to this podcast. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. But, um, yeah, we got plenty of listeners on our podcast. So thank you all for listening. And, um, yeah, if you could uh, leave us a five-star review and we'll maybe read it on the air like I'm about to do with this one. Right? Yeah, we sure would appreciate it if you guys took the few seconds and yeah. did it. Yep. For instance, uh, this one is from Lindsay Lou. It says, I found y'all on TikTok and came over to give you a listen. My first episode, y'all say you're pug people. I'm all in. So we, um, I don't know if this is too political to say, but I'm absolutely a pug person. Oh, pugs are amazing. Yeah, I kind of saw your eyes go like, what are you going to say? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, because, I mean, who wouldn't love a pug? I don't know, and I don't want to know. I don't want to know you if you don't like a pug. Yeah, I mean, I have this pillow here of our sweet little black pug, uh, Dempsey. So it's just sitting on my lap, and yeah, I'm going to look at her sweet little face today. May she rest in peace. She's a sweet dog. A lot she of pugs. Was every very, pug I've ever met. sweet. Sweet dogs. Mm-hmm. So thanks for the review. Yeah, if you could please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Audible, any of those things. It'd be fantastic. Absolutely. Um, you know, one person did mention that they miss our uh, your Allison's Amazon addictions. And um, one thing I saw in the kitchen before we came in here was those small marshmallows. Oh, yes. So obviously, it's getting cold in a lot of the country. And you might be more inclined to have some hot cocoa in the evening. So if you are, you know, when you get the packet, say you're doing Swiss Miss and there's like those dinky little marshmallows in there. What do they give you? Like five? Yeah. And you wish there was like a hundred. Yeah. By the time you put the hot water in there and mix it up, they're basically dissolved. So our daughter was like, mommy, can you get me those small marshmallows? I was like, you mean mini marshmallows? And I didn't think that's what she meant. And she's like, no, like the little ones. I'm like, freeze dried ones? Yeah. So I didn't even know that that was something you could get. But then where do you go? You go to Amazon. Yep. And you type in freeze dried marshmallows and poof. And just be careful because it's like a what a five pound bag or something it's pretty large and the thing is it's so easy to just kind of take a, <laughs> a handful and kind of have a few like not a whole handful but a couple you know about yeah 20 or 30. i don't eat them that way but i have been making hot cocoa in the evening and putting those marshmallows in and they're delicious i know i haven't been having hot cocoa but i've been having these marshmallows okay so they're pretty pretty tasty so we'll put a link in our show notes if you're interested at all yeah it's a good time of year to do it yeah what else is going on with you this week uh just getting ready we're going away for the week and it's like running a friggin marathon to get ready to like leave the kids at home my parents are coming up to watch them and you know just leaving the lists of who's going where at what time and what they need and doing laundry and blah 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 i'm like whew, i am ready for that vacation yeah and pretty much all i do is just pack for myself and then i'm good yeah 
yeah, must be a nice little world I, you live in. I did look at the notes that you made. I added some very important things. Bedtimes Bedtimes, and such. yep, just because I know your mom's very detailed, just like you. Right. So she's going to be like calling us like, oh, what time should I go to bed? Yeah. And, you know, rather than fielding a, a 500 texts and phone calls while we're away, get it taken care of in a little note. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then we're all good. What's going on with you, Mike? Um, When I edited the last video, uh-huh. I saw that I had a horrible horrible receding hairline like that you can see all scalp pretty much so folks if you have youtube go to youtube.com look up crime and coffee couple you want to have a laugh just look at i think the first minute or two of our last video i think i like lean over and you can see just like scalp so i'm gonna be wearing hats from here on out just for you people for me was it really bothering you i mean i it's i would rather not see that you know our, i was our son always gives you crap about your receding hairline well i don't care i mean my confidence is fine i just figure people don't want to see some old fat guy bending over over and nice. seeing his, his scalp who cares i just you know i'm looking out for the folks it's very all. shallow yeah it's okay it's okay so um yeah go check it out laugh at me and then um you know go ahead and put in in the review that uh yeah give this guy a listen because he's got a receding hairline poor guy how did Throw i score some, how did i score somebody like you like looking like this i don't know i'm wearing sweatpants and my coworker told me i look like a lamb in my <laughs> sweater that i'm wearing so if you want to see me on youtube i look apparently like lamb yeah i guess we stopped trying on youtube um that's fine hey i'm sorry i've been working since four o'clock in the morning and it's about eight o'clock at night at this point in time i'm doing the best i can oh she complaining (laughs) i wish i was somebody that didn't complain i wish you were also (laughs) but i just it's just like in my soul it's in your genetics your whole family complains yeah about stuff. i really okay. wish i didn't yeah you guys are complainers and my family just doesn't even talk i'm so. reading selma hey uh selma blair's i don't know why i was saying that selma blair's book it's called mean baby and she's talking about her time with reese witherspoon and just like what an amazing person she was they worked on cruel intentions together and she said she just never complained she had just had a baby I'm like gosh i wish i was more like that that's what i picture reese witherspoon as if we were to date just like well totally you did not hit the jackpot with me you would have hit it with her oh well there's another reason another life although i'm not done with this life yet who knows well who knows she listens to this once and she's like this mike guy he's pretty funny oh that receding hairline (laughs) that's really attractive yeah i would love to talk to him more because nobody's (laughs) ever going to talk to him so it's like you know not very risky i'll never cheat probably and then if you saw the watcher advertised on netflix and you haven't watched it i highly recommend it if you're a true crime lover you've probably heard the story on such and such podcast i've heard it a couple of times it's based on a true story but it's fantastic that so, was easy to figure out i mean yeah. i knew as soon as it was number one on netflix i'm like ah oh, you gotta watch this because everybody's gonna watch it and talk about it and it's seven episodes it's really quick i watch while i'm on the treadmill and while i'm folding laundry very rarely do i ever like plop on the couch and have like a netflix and chill moment it's like my my phone runs around it's the house with me yeah i always see it with your airpods in, which so. is good because if you have kids and you don't want them to see certain things it, you know it's it's easy to i can't watch anything with f-bombs in this house because you're always like the kids even well, though I mean, sometimes you're putting 12, very inappropriate things on the main TV. Well, it's not like bad, bad. Well, F this, F that, F the other. Right. The other. That's the big one. The other. Yeah. Yeah. Big one. All okay. right. So I think we're ready to go. I think so. Let's do this. So this is the murder of Summer Inman. And on Tuesday night, March 22nd, 2011, 25-year-old Summer Inman was scheduled to finish work at 11.20 p.m. at her job as a janitor at the Century National Bank. When she failed to return home as expected, she was reported missing that night. 
So at the time of her disappearance, Summer was living at home with her parents in Logan, Ohio. She was recently divorced. Um, She was a mom of three young children, two girls and one boy ages five, three and 21 months. So she was in the thick of, you know, the young ages and she's recently divorced. So life is a little hectic at this point. Anybody out there who's in those stages, I feel for you. It's uh, really hard. Really, really hard. You'll get through it. Well, and mostly they say people have kids young because they've got the energy to do so. Like we're 43 and I'm energetic, but to go back and chase a 20 month old just, I mean, no I'd like thanks. to go on record saying I'd have no problem with that. So. I just, I just don't feel like doing. I mean, because we've been through it. We we've been through it. We've been the there twice, is. and yeah. maybe next time we'll get a niece or a nephew or something. Right. So when Summer was only 15 years old, she met 17-year-old William or Will. So moving forward, I will call him Will. I will tell you in Summer's diary entries, she will occasionally call him Willie. So that's what we're gonna. Call I him. think we can follow Will. You Willie. Can follow. Okay. You, you people are smart. Yeah. So the two married when they were only teenagers, so they were very, very young. They settled in a house next door to Will's parents, who were Bill and Sandy. They incidentally also met through church while they were young. At that point, they had been married for about 28 years. So soon, Summer and Will welcomed three kids into the world. And with Bill and Sandy living so close, you know, they took advantage of the fact that their family was right there. They would go out on weekends. It was kind of standard protocol for the grandparents to watch the kids while they went out with themselves or with their friends. And I'll tell you, if you have kids, it's very important to be living near family. Uh, There's so much of a help. I mean, it's like almost not even an option to not live near family because then you have it even worse. Like if you ever need right. help, if you you, know, you can't get out of work or something like that, like it's so nice to be able to have some family help, especially yeah. when they're super young. Exactly. Like infants. And, you know, they can't care for themselves. Like, you know, our kids are to the age where we're like, hey, guys, we're running out for a little bit. Just, you know, don't open the door or whatever. But when they're that young and they can't do anything for themselves, to have family is so valuable. Granted, you could pay for babysitters, but there's nobody you can trust like you can trust a family member. I'm not saying there's not good babysitters out there, but you know what I mean. So Summer's diary later revealed that she and her husband weren't on the same page when it came to their idea of what a happy marriage included. Mm. According to Summer, Will was interested in a polygamous marriage, which is that's not even legal. Right. And so uh, what I, I don't understand. It's kind of like saying I want to be a polar bear. Well, you can't be a polar bear. Well, you can if you're with the. I mean, not you can't legally. Well, he wants to marry more other people. Than, yes. So not polyamorous, but polygamous. It said polygamous specifically. Okay. So, so that meaning he'd want more wives. Yes. Okay. Which um, my dad would always say, I could barely handle your mother. Why would I want another one? Yeah. He, he, he. And then he's so funny. <laughs> I agree with him wholeheartedly. <clears throat> so apparently he was actively looking for potential new wives on polygamous websites. Polygamous.com, I believe. Apparently so. Yeah. She also wrote that shortly after they were married, Will became very possessive, controlling, and even violent at times. Apparently, Will expected dinner to be waiting on the table as he returned home from work, and Summer wasn't even allowed to go to bed without Will's permission. Now, and you know, it, that's it's weird, but you know, if they were would to agree to that before they got married, then that wouldn't be so bad. You know, everything different strokes for different folks. But you it can't sounds go like, to bed until I give you permission to do so. Hey, if if people are happy in their own little houses, I don't think anyone could be happy in that environment. I don't know. If an adult woman wants to go to bed and she can't do so without her husband's approval, I don't think there's the possibility of being happy. Right. Apparently, in a, a couple of videos I watched. He lived by the Bible, and he would basically just point to that because 
that supports a lot of the woman does X and Y and Z for their husband. Well, the Bible's very open-ended and, you know, up to interpretation for a lot of things. So that's where, you know, and depending on which sect that you follow, then yeah, that's, that's definitely. Well, he followed the one where dinner was going to be waiting at the table the second he walked in the door. And basically he saw Summer from what I could gather as like, his plaything and the person who you know he could order around well he gets pregnant and you know she raises the kids and all that stuff right he goes off to work and does whatever he wants basically so in 2006 the whole inman crew relocated from ohio to florida in order for bill and will to work in construction together they were building hotels and and whatnot they returned to ohio two years later in 2008 in 2010, Bill started Mercy Ranch, which he described as a nonprofit corporation, which in his paperwork, I saw it written out, he indicated it was to minister orphans, widows, and the homeless to help people who lost their jobs or have been cut back on hours to keep their homes. He wrote in an incorporation document filed with the Ohio Secretary of State's office. Sounds details. like a perfectly nice gentleman. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. So in order to afford to build these houses, because that's a wonderful idea, you know, it's kind of like I think of um, what's that Christmas movie uh, with George Bailey? Help me out. It's, uh, a, wonderful it's life. a wonderful life. You know, that was the whole thing about like in Bailey's town or whatever it was. Po- um, what was it called? Pottersville? No, Pottersville was an evil place. Um, um, come on, you old building and loan. What the hell was it called? The name of the town? Yes. Um. Oh, good God. I'm sorry. Anyway, that was the whole idea of like giving loans so that people can build. Thank you. That was driving me insane. Bedford Falls, everybody. Bedford Falls. Giving people loans so that they can not have to buy their houses outright. That's a great idea. However, you can have that idea, but where's he getting the money from? Sure. That's a a valid question. Absolutely. So Bill decided to sell raffle tickets for $10 each and the winner of the raffle would win a new house. After the first raffle, they raised a couple hundred thousand dollars, which could have covered a house, but the building fell through and no houses were ever built. Hmm. And in the same way, no one who purchased raffle tickets got their money refunded. So where did those couple of hundred thousand dollars go? I don't know. You tell me. I I think they may have gone into Bill's pockets. Oh, okay. That's it. So during this time, Bill was also trying to start his own church. Apparently, he had done it in years past before they relocated to Florida. He had like a little service in his garage or something. Nice. So he was going back towards this direction. What's nice about starting churches and nonprofits, you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, I guess so. That's what's really nice. So like the nonprofit side, you can pay yourself as the CEO or whatever as much as you want, as long as there's no profit to be shown. And then technically, it's still a nonprofit. And you still get to How do you say it's no profit if you're paying yourself? people have to work people yeah i understand that but when it's like endless and you're paying yourself like a ridiculous amount it doesn't matter that's look at goodwill the people (laughs) at goodwill make millions yeah so when he was trying to start his own church um apparently his minister's license was permanently revoked so take what you will from that Uh, do we know why i mean i just think there were bad things happening i mean in a minister license it's not but I don't know. We don't entirely know why, okay. but it sounds like he was doing some shady dealings. I mean, I, I became a minister online in a, like five minutes once. Yeah. Well, yeah. you weren't stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from people. No. So as strain on the relationship between Summer and Will continued, Summer met a man named Adam Peters. Adam moved from town to town, going where he could find work, and Bill hired him to do odd jobs around the two families' homes. 
Bill was, like I said, he was a, a minister who was also trying to open a halfway house. So he had various projects around. So he was basically utilizing Adam for these jobs. A hustler. Yeah. Soon a spark was lit between Summer and Adam, which gave Summer the push she needed to make the decision to leave her husband well. She didn't want the polyamorous relationship. She did not. She also didn't want to be told when she can go to bed. Right. So in June of 2010, after six years of marriage, she pursued divorce against Well. So Summer wrote in her diary, I'm so tired of having to please everyone else, but leaving myself um, high and dry. Don't I deserve to be happy too? Don't I deserve to fall in love with someone again and feel love from someone again? I think so. I don't know if it's the right time to tell Willie or not. I feel bad not telling him because I think he deserves to know the truth and to know that I don't want to be with him right now. I want to be alone for a while and find out who I am again. I'm just some slave that runs around and does as she's told. I love my kids with all my heart and I wouldn't trade them for anything, but I don't want them to grow up remembering their mom as someone that just did as she was told. I just don't know how Willie will react to all of this. I don't know if he will get mad and try to take the kids and run, if he will threaten to hurt me or worse yet actually do it uh i'm gonna imagine all those things <laughs> well you heard the title of this story which it doesn't end well so yeah. all i want to do all day is cry and sleep i just don't know how to get out of the situation and have it end well maybe by the next time i write i will have figured it out so summer and adam began dating and summer moved out of the home that she shared with will and moved in with her parents so i mean she should definitely tell her husband <clears throat> right i mean so she told him that she wanted a divorce she moved out she took the kids with her and she went to her parents house okay i don't know at what point that all of this went down that will knew there was something going on between her and adam i'm not sure when that came to light so Will moved in with his parents, and they shared custody of the kids at this point. So Will, Sandy, and Bill did not handle the divorce well, and Bill, who is Will's dad, even threatened to assault Adam at one point. In a sworn affidavit, Summer later said that Will threatened to kill her if she ever tried to take the children from him, and that he would take her car keys, her wallet, her cell phone, and hold her captive if she did this. Summer also said that Will took her cats, um, and either killed them or abandoned them. Will rebuttaled this and said, no, I only took her keys and phone because I was suspicious that she was having an affair with Adam. And then in terms of the cats, he claimed that the cats were feral and had been destroying their furniture. He said he took the cats to an animal shelter at w after one clawed his arm and shirt when he tried to pick it up. Sure. sure he did sure yeah. according to summer he loaded them in the back of his van and literally tossed them out the window like in the middle of nowhere so this guy's crazy yeah Great. not a, not a good guy yep so on december 1st the inmans were being evicted from their home so summer had to go back there to get any of the last minute belongings that she hadn't taken with her in the first place she clearly was very uncomfortable with the situation because she not only brought adam with her she brought a a deputy sheriff with as well. She just wanted to have no trouble while she was there, get her stuff and just peacefully leave. However, it didn't, it didn't go that way. Hold on. So as she gathered her things, Bill told Adam to leave the property and wait at the end of the drive. But the deputy didn't think that this was a reasonable request. Apparently Adam was there helping her get her stuff. He's like, there's no problem here. Let him continue on to get her things. 
Bill threatened to beat and or shoot Adam. And mind you, there's a deputy standing right there. Yeah. The altercation ended up escalating. There's actually pictures and videos of this happening because somebody must have taken their cell phone out. Yeah. And there's, you see Bill wrestling the deputy. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Not a good idea, kids. Mm-mm. Yeah, don't do that. He was given misdemeanor charges, including resisting arrest and was fine and given probation without any time spent in jail. So Will and Adam happened to be Facebook friends, and one day Will stumbled upon a family picture of Adam. Adam was posing with Summer and and Will's three children, Summer's children, and this just infuriated Will. No, was it when they were together, or he just happened to see it and just there was no? They were separated. Summer was living with her parents. Just wrong day. It was just. It was a family photo. It was posed like they went to a studio, and I think that just like made him go over the the top it's his kids you he know. basically said they posed in that picture like they are a couple like they are a family yeah at one point the inmans even filed false child abuse allegations against adam i mean they were just really grasping for straws <laughs> at this point adam's like man i don't know if i'm gonna be able to keep on doing this yeah so people started to notice that the inmans were not doing well their appearance was starting to change they were losing weight they just weren't coping. All the Inmans? Like even the, the parents? parents? Okay. Yes. Because they had such a role in the, the grandchildren's lives, you know, they were so used to on weekends, and I'm sure during the week they lived next door to each other. They were probably going over there all the time, spending all the time in the world with the grandkids whenever they wanted to. Now, all of a sudden, they're not allowed to do that. So they weren't doing well. So a custody battle, battle on a, and just to let you know, um, for a frame of reference, at this point in time, Bill was 47 years old and Sandy was 46. So just okay. to let you know. So a custody battle for the children began and many noted, like I said, um, that Bill and Sandy just weren't coping well. So it wasn't it wasn't like a mystery to the people that knew them that things weren't going right. No, they couldn't see the grandkids because uh, Bill was such an asshole to Adam, right? And that's the main reason. Like, why couldn't uh, Summer kind of well, show them the kids? Summer had put out the information that, you know, Will was being abusive. He had taken, threatened her life. And she was worried that, like, they'd let Will see the kids. Right. And, so yeah. I think she stressed to the right people that she wasn't safe or she didn't feel the kids were safe in will's care so ultimately on the opposite end will is trying to pursue full custody of the kids the judge denied that from what i gathered at this point in time will was basically not given any kind of parental rights for his children and full custody was given to summer that's what i gathered in my research so you know the inmans are not handling any of this well so um, all of this is happening about a month before Summer ended up disappearing mm-hmm. when Will was denied any kind of custody for his children. So again, Summer was reported missing on March 22nd, 2011. So as Summer ended her shift at the bank, she kept consistent. She was very consistent in her routine. She left all the trash at the back door until she was ready to clock out and leave for the night. There, she would bring the garbage to the dumpster, head to her car, and then drive home. She just, she had the same routine every shift she did. So there, um, during, so I'm sorry, during her shift that night, Summer texted Adam throughout, but all of a sudden, the text just stopped. So Adam's thinking, 
you know, she's probably busy. She's finishing up her job. He wasn't worried about it. He knew she was set to clock out at 11.20 p.m. that night. So he didn't he didn't necessarily worry just yet. So this paired with the fact, though, that Summer ended up being late coming home prompted Adam to further investigate the situation. So he took it upon himself to drive to the bank to check the situation out. To be to the point to drive means that he probably tried to call her a few times. Mm -hmm. She didn't answer. Exactly. And it's late and it's not like her to like not say why. So he's like, okay, I'm worried enough. Right. Gotta go check it out. And you know, honestly, she's working in kind of a little bit of a risky position because she's cleaning a bank that's closed. Yeah. You don't know in a bank, is somebody going to try to rob it? Especially if you're doing the same thing. Like when you said bank, and I know she's the janitor there, but yeah, routine. And then Mm -hmm. somebody can watch what you're going to do next and then just, you know, get you when you're opening the door. They know that at around 11, 20 p.m., that back door is opening in the alleyway. It's very private and you can jump her at that moment. So, of course... Being a concerned boyfriend, he's scoping out the situation. So when he arrived to the bank, Adam found Summer's iPod, car keys, and cell phone battery on the ground by the nearby dumpster. Oh, no. And again, this is an alley like to the side or to the back of the bank. Yeah. So you're like, okay, in an alley and here's my girlfriend's stuff. Like, this isn't looking good. It's not looking good. And it's not her cell phone. It's the cell phone battery. Oh, right. Yes. So, of course, he's probably panicking at this point. So he called Summer's parents, Debbie and Michael Cook, who then called 911 to report their daughter missing. Um, As police began their investigation, they went to the Inman home and the Inman said, no, we were in Cleveland. Of course, I said they were being evicted from their home. That was December. So they claimed that they had gone up to Cleveland to look for a new house. So Cleveland, from where they are in Logan, Ohio, is about three hours away. They said while they were in Cleveland, they experienced car trouble. Their car broke down, yada, yada, yada. But police noticed that the car they were referring to was a white Crown Victoria in the driveway. So the police obtained a search warrant and took possession of the car. Now, backtracking to the night that Summer disappeared, I said that her parents, Debbie and Michael Cook, called the police. So they were not the first people to call about some sort of suspicious behavior or something that had happened in regards to summer i'm gonna say will is calling and saying that he sees adam there or something so worried witnesses saw an abduction take place outside the bank okay they saw this all happened about 30 minutes before debbie and michael place a call they saw two men wearing ski masks tasing a woman and putting her in the back of their car as she screamed bloody murder. Jesus, good job screaming. One witness even tried to jump in and intervene, and they ended up getting pepper sprayed. Wow. So this was a legit like kidnapping Target, that they witnessed. Yeah, right. So they identified the car, these witnesses, as a Victoria. white ford crown victoria oh my god why would you use the same car like you f- figure you can talk get, about get being cocky though that you thought you were just gonna slip in and slip out on notice because granted it is 2011 i don't know what the cctv footage situation is but they are at a bank so you would think maybe anybody there's has one cameras there yeah most likely but it sounds like they weren't very careful at all dumb people other than slapping a ski mask on their face thank goodness thank goodness they're stupid yes exactly Exactly. So they inspected the GPS. Apparently, it was one of those GPSs that you take out of your car. They were like the Garmin's or whatever. 
and it was in their home. It showed that the Inmans had not gone to Cleveland. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, unbelievable. I really thought they were up there looking for a new house. Yeah, they seem like upstanding people. Yeah, huh? they they wouldn't. They didn't seem like the type to lie. Yeah, but they didn't go to Cleveland. Instead, they stayed in Logan, Ohio exactly where summer lived with her family and where she worked at the bank so the gps was tur- was in town until 5 30 p.m that evening and then it was ultimately turned off the next morning they powered it back on at 7 30 in the morning and that's the morning after summer went missing and surveillance video showed that they had driven the car to a car wash you can clearly see them at the car wash the three of them getting in and out of the car cleaning things out on top of cleaning the car never a good sign they got new car tires uh, so they're trying to hide something mm-hmm. so of course they're suspect number one the three were brought in for questioning and at this point summer had been missing for eight days at the point that they're bringing them in for questioning because of course they're like obtaining warrants and and whatnot so will and bill refused to answer any of the police questions though this was absolutely absolutely not the case when sandy was questioned ah. apparently she cracked like a like a soft-boiled egg well emotional people are gonna start saying things she didn't look emotional in any of the video okay she didn't so she almost immediately told the police that summer was dead just wow point blank huh yeah wonder if bill and will were happy with that probably not good so she told the police that they had initially taken summer as a scare tactic tactic and actually she didn't even say initially she said we never meant to harm summer we only wanted to take her to scare her and basically scare some sense into her okay so well she said she was hoping that when they got summer that they could have a reasonable calm conversation about the grandchildren hey listen i know we need to do abduct you don't worry about that i'm sorry we tased you and grabbed you with ski masks in the back alley but we'd like to talk calmly can we see the kids right how did you expect that to go (laughs) these people aren't thinking ahead so they wanted to speak with Summer about the idea of them being able to take the kids on the weekends. And she also said, it was my idea to do so. It wasn't Will's. It wasn't Bill's. Hmm. So once Summer was forced into the car, and again, this is just hearsay, Will apparently placed three zip ties on her, on her wrists, and then the fourth zip tie was placed around her neck. And the zip tie was according to Sandy, accidentally placed too tight and Summer began to suffocate. She claimed that Will began to scream out in panic, Mom, I need a knife. I need a knife. I have to cut this zip tie off. And Sandy said she just couldn't find the knife. Right. So lo and behold, Summer suffocated to death in the car with a zip tie tied around her neck. I'm surprised we don't hear more about things like that. That's actually a really like easy way to suffocate somebody it's oh, horrible horrific and they the person asked sandy he's like what was the purpose of them putting a zip tie around her neck if not to harm her no other reason um scare well her, to would, scare maybe. her and and i think i think will just blacked out and then she's just stumbling over her words trying to answer what she meant by he blacked out yeah i mean clearly she was just lying through her teeth i mean yeah this whole thing sounds planned so from here, the family drove Summer's body to Faith Tabernacle Church in Nelsonville, Ohio, 20 miles away from the bank where Summer was abducted. This is the church where Bill and Sandy 
attended. So they knew of it. They knew what was on the property. They placed her body in an underground septic tank, which was also referred to as like a cistern. So Sandy accepted a plea deal and was sentenced to 15 years in prison and that the prosecutors would not pursue the death penalty against Will and Bill if she brought authorities to where her body, where Summer's body was located. Okay. So she chose this plea deal. So Will and Bill were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. But Sandy is only serving 15 years. And because she didn't have anything physically to do with it? She sounded to be the one that drove the getaway car. And I think they gave her a lesser sentence because of the whole plea deal and... You know, the fact that she was cooperating and giving all the information. And Will and Bill weren't. So at this point, they were kind of at the end of the rope being like, this person knows where this body is. Let's just please get it through her. Yeah. Which means in about four years, she's going to be released. Oh, great. Which is disgusting. Yeah. So Summer was described as soft-spoken and shy, though also, on the flip side, someone who could open up and be a social butterfly. Her mom, Debbie, said that Summer loved ballet, jazz, and drama club. She said that she tried sports in the past without success. She couldn't hit a baseball. She couldn't throw a ball in any direction. It would just (laughs) go its own way. They later found out that Summer had bad vision, though even after that was corrected with glasses, she still couldn't hit a ball. (laughs) Summer's friends said that she was always in a good mood. She had a great personality and an awesome sense of humor. Debbie remembers that Summer typically got in trouble in school from talking. From time to time, or she says, from the time Summer was born, she talked nonstop all the time. Teachers would move her around the room trying to find a spot to limit her talking, but it did not matter. She would talk to anybody that was sitting beside (laughs) her. Making friends everywhere. Yeah, so she sounds just really awesome. And after Summer's murder, her parents, Debbie and Mike, were granted full custody of the children, Alex, Kaylee, and Alana. They tried to protect the kids. At this time, when they were doing the interview with Debbie, it was 2012, um, about a year after this. So they were still very young. So Debbie said that she tries to be careful about what information and how she shares it with the kids. But as they get older, they start asking more detailed questions. And they're going to find it on their own. And they will. And, you know, at this point in time, they, they, they're they older. I'm sure they know the full details. This is back in 2012, 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. So um, when Debbie was interviewed, like I said, it was 2012. She said that four-year-old Kaylee told everyone that her mom is an angel in heaven. And apparently she would go out outside and look up at the sky and try to see her mom and debbie would tell her no honey that's the sky heaven's beyond that so Mm. just very sad to think that these three children will never grow up to know their parents or her well yeah their parents because their mom was viciously murdered by her father who is in jail for the rest of his life with the help of grandma and grandpa and i mean you'd probably be curious to go talk to your dad in prison right i don't know I truly don't. I mean, you might you, just say, I want nothing to do with that person. Yeah, if this guy, he killed my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could definitely understand either way, but, you know. For it, closure purposes, yeah. maybe they will. Who maybe knows? Maybe to, like, tell him off or something. Be like, I can't believe you ruined our whole family. Because, you know, the one would be probably about 16 years old at this point. Yeah. So it's possible. Who knows? That will be up to them. But Debbie said that before Summer was murdered, she had planned to enroll in culinary arts program at Hocking College with the goal of opening a restaurant with Adam Peters. The couple loved to cook together. They loved to dance in the kitchen as they did. And sadly, her life was just 
tragically cut short, just like all the lives are in every story that we tell on this podcast. Yep. But when it's done by the hands of family. I can't believe that like they got together like, yeah, all three of them, you know, like all three of them are fucking nut jobs. That's just how whacked this family was. Yeah. Can you imagine going into the kitchen and being like, hey, mom and dad, um, I was thinking and they're like, yeah, good idea. Let's get the ski masks. Right. I mean, in what world would three human beings go along with that knowing that that's the mother of the three children like i'm trying to think any of our friends if they said that about like an ex or something and i'd be like no man <laughs> it's like that's illegal are you out of your and fucking then mind do some phone calls right well at least get some counseling or something and it's like call hey. the girl and warn her that this is being talked about yeah yeah you might but want to watch your back the fact that there's multiple crazy people in one family that would agree to such a horrible vicious disgusting thing it's a group me. think you know like we've talked about in a few different episodes where it's just they get together and it's like yeah yeah oh you think we could do it yeah you know like will you know the bill and sandy they want to support their son and they are so pissed at uh summer that they can't see the kid so that they're just stewing together you know probably sitting back and being like we should make it make it okay you know whatever it is i, I don't know it's, and then when sandy was in the courtroom she turned to summer's family and was crying and apologizing we never meant for this to happen we only wanted to talk to her we never meant for her to die bullshit, bullshit lady bullshit. take your apology put it in a ball and shove it up your ass yeah. that's what i would say let it explode yeah like a bomb yep anyway that's the terrible story well, sorry to Summer and her family yeah. and children out there. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Well, thank you for you know, remembering Summer here. And uh, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. But, so. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we appreciate it. If you like what you hear, we have bonus episodes every other week. We come out with a brand new one. We just recorded one a couple days ago. Yes, we did. And uh, yeah, so we, we do go back and forth. I believe next week's my turn. Yeah. For this, we do. I think I'm the only one that has ever done a bonus episode. I believe I did one. I don't think so. Well, maybe we'll we see. We can check that. We but should. We'll fact check that, but I think I might be right. You might be right. So uh, I want to say thank you to our Patreons who are all getting bonus episodes here in some form. Uh, Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla, Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, Alana, or Elena. Uh, I always say that one because her uh, email address looks kind of like a... It'd be Alana. Alana. Okay. Uh, Vivian. Um, let's see. Trisha, Lauren, Megan, Jamie, Kathy, and Chastity. Thank you all so, so much. That's you guys 20. are awesome. That's fantastic. We really appreciate the support. It's we been do. We awesome. call you guys our besties. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if you listen to some of the bonus episodes, you get a lot of love. Like a lot. So if you're looking for some love listen to some bonus episodes if you want to have your ego boosted <laughs> we do that that's the place <laughs> that to is, go that is our number one job during the patreon <laughs> episodes being like listen you people are just gorgeous beautiful yeah i mean i'm not going to ruin it for you go head over go pump in five or ten bucks and you're you're going to listen to some bonus episodes yeah but regardless thank you all for being here until next time we'll be back yep bye, bye.